0: Hello and welcome back. My name is Luke and you're listening to another episode of the Next Stage Podcast by Web Summit, taking you inside the minds of business and cultural leaders from around the world. It's Wednesday, and every Wednesday we're looking at some of the best and brightest minds that Web Summit has to offer. So sit back, relax and listen in, as we hear from the leading minds and industry giants from all over the planet. Hello everyone, I am thrilled to be with you today. I'm Nicole Quinn, uh, one of the partners at Lightspeed Venture Partners, and I am dialing in from London. Uh, So like many people during the pandemic, I've become a nomad living in many different places. But London is especially relevant for today's conversation with Gwyneth Paltrow, because it's where Goop started 12 years ago. So with that, I'd like to welcome Gwyneth. Hello. We're first going to dive into Goop, which started off as a newsletter and is now an international e-commerce business uh, content company with many own brand items. One of which is actually a lip balm, which will be launching December 10th. And you can find all of GP's favorite items on the Goop gift guide. So now I actually met Gweneth four years ago uh, when we were both on a show called Planet of the Apps, uh, similar to Shark Tank. Um, and got very excited about Goop being at the intersection of community, commerce, content, and celebrity—the big fours, the big four C's. Um, so, GP, given a lot of uh, listeners are early stage founders, um, can you give us a little bit of the backstory? How did Goop start and evolve?
1: Sure. Well, um, it really started out of a, a passion that I had around finding great things and connecting people that I loved to good things, and. I always got such a happy charge out of making those connections and traveling a city and finding out the best places to go and shop and eat and finding the best acupuncturists. And so it really started as this kind of hobby. Um, I did harbor secret, very secret aspirations of making it a business, but um, it it took me a long time to actually get the guts to start to think about monetization strategies and 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 for six years I just sent content so that's really at the foundation of of who we are content is at our heart and really you know when we started to introduce commerce it almost felt like a service I think to the customer because we were curating we were talking about things we loved and there was no way to easily transact on those things and um And I think it's, it's nice because we've, we've never wanted, you know, we've, we, we respect so much the relationship and the trust that we have with our audience. And so we never tried, you know, to be overly transactional in a way that doesn't feel good to the customer. Yeah. I think that's why you have such a loyal customer.
0: Um, And I would like to jump to 2020. What a year. (sighs) So, can you give us um, a little insight into some of the highs and the lows um, of what this year looked like at Goop?
1: Sure. Well, it was pretty terrifying um, when the first round of lockdowns happened, and commerce seemed to completely stop for a couple of weeks. And um, I really had no idea what was in store for our business, for any business it was clear that certain businesses were going to be winners, but I had no idea how um, our consumer was going to feel. And so I made a decision quickly um, to just pull down anything transactional and really go back to our content roots and just, just being of service and pulling down all of our social media spend, the marketing budgets went to zero. And an interesting thing happened, which was we saw all of the engagement metrics start to go up and to the right, which was really nice to see that we were, you know, kind of getting back into the hearts and minds of our readers in that way. And then transactions followed, which was great. Um, Luckily, we're an agile team, so we were able to assort really quickly from a multi-brand perspective into the products that people were really wanting at home. I think you know, at the time, the hardest part was having to take such a s- stringent, rigorous look at the p and l and realize that I didn't want to continue the business in in the way that it was going, burning so much cash, and to kind of really change tact and get to profitability as quickly as possible, which which in the long run has been the highlight of all of this. But at the time, was very difficult and it meant asking more from teams. It meant letting go of people that we love um, just to get super sharp around what we were trying to do and and the mission and go back to our startup roots. And because some of our businesses, even though our commerce was performing well, um, we also have an events business that's powered by an ads business and you know, our, our advertising business went to zero overnight and never recovered for the year obviously our retail businesses are down um quite a bit from plan etc so we were able to make up quite a bit of that delta in e-commerce but not enough so we so i i I faced some really really tough decisions Um, i think ultimately they were the right decisions for the business Um, but it's been it's been hard it's been it's been a tough year that it definitely has. But I have to tell you, as
0: an investor in Goop, I have been blown away by your focus on getting the business to be profitable. Uh, we always tell companies um, to win, you got to be around. So let's focus on being around, being alive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we make sure that companies you know, have at least a 24 months runway um, in these terrible times. And so your focus on getting prof- to profitability has just been incredible and absolutely the right decision. Um, Now, there's something in what you said that was interesting there around retail. Um, It has been a really tough year for anybody with brick and mortar locations. Um, And I know that you have some key learnings and insights in this area. Um, So we'd love for you to share with us what stores have worked, um, what haven't and why.
1: Sure. Well, I think the big takeaway for us is that, you know, stores that we are not near suffered more so you know our stores who are geographically near headquarters our Brentwood store Montecito store um, those stores that exist as stores and don't have a big experiential component intrinsically woven into the store those are great the ones that are geographically further from us that we can't program as well with, you know, Q and A's with doctors and the assortment is harder to judge and see. Those were harder, and you know, I made the decision even though our stores were some of our stores were break even. I just thought, you know, risk aversion really became my thing in in twenty twenty, and you know, of course, there's a way to justify it as a marketing expense. If you're not quite, you know, profitable, or you're just breaking even, and I just decided, you know, I'm gonna pull. We're gonna close those stores. We're gonna focus on the stores that are near us that we can really make vibrant. And when we go back into retail, I think we're gonna, you know, we we had a pop up before COVID in in um Florida and what in Palm Beach, Florida, and next to it, it had this great workout space and we were able to program that space with all kinds of amazing, you know, classes. And so to create an experiential product for people to go and see and enjoy experience the brand, and then be able to go into the store, like that created a really interesting flywheel. I I do think that the days of opening a store and expecting people to come in, you know, are, they might be, those days might be numbered. I mean, I think people still, love to experience a digitally native brand that they love online, offline and understand what the world is. But I think we have to, as retailers, make it worth it, make it exciting, make it more fulfilling than just kind of one transaction in a store.
0: Talking about making things fulfilling, let's dive into um, content with Goop. It's where you started. It's a core part of who you are today and will always be. Um, But tell us a little bit about how, your content group has evolved uh, in COVID times with Instagram Live and other areas.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, as you know, we have a four, we normally have four big wellness summits every year. We have, we have a lot of in-person experiential events. Our, our consumer loves those touch points. And obviously we couldn't do any of those. So I was really proud of the team. They pivoted quickly to create a digital wellness event, which went really well. And, you know, the our consumer loved it. I think I'm watching all kinds of brands get incredibly creative with what's possible digitally. Um, I think, I think, you know, the bottom line is that people, especially during this time, they want connection. They want connection not only to a brand that they might like, but they want connection to a group of people that they feel are like-minded. And to be able to offer people answers, connection. Um, content that, you know, makes them feel exhilarated or comforted or, you know, whatever the case may be, we really wanted to lean into that and just kind of be there for people. And, um, and luckily, as you said, content is just, it's at the heart of of what we do. And we were so happy to see people really turn to us for content during that time, whether it was, you know, about relationships in quarantine or, or recipes or anything in between.
0: Well, speaking of content, The Goop Lab was a huge hit on Netflix. Uh, And I believe you recently got renewed for season two. Uh, I have a few questions for you. Can you um, maybe, first of all, give us just some insights into the making of the show and how it all came about?
1: Sure. Well, we, um, as a content brand, as a media brand in that respect, we've always felt that we have a lot of latitude to explore content on various channels not just our own channels and so we had this big dream of making a tv show that um, was around wellness and kind of exposed a much broader audience to all of the ways in which you know people can optimize their lives Um, and we we just we took it only to netflix they bought the show first so it was great we didn't have to go all around town pitching the the project which was fantastic they've been great partners to us Um, and so for season two, we're focusing a little bit more on relationship wellness, sexual wellness. Um, so that will be, it'll be a little bit more narrow. We're really excited to do it. I, 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 we're starting next month. I don't know how it's going to, how this COVID friendly production is, is going to go, but, um, but I'm excited for it. I really am.
0: Now I have to ask, how did the show impact the Goop business?
1: You know, it was great. I mean, it, it gave us a great halo. We, ha- we got a lot of new customers who came from the show. Um, and I think we just felt very, I don't know, I'll speak for myself. I felt very grateful that as a commerce brand as well, that we were able to create a television show and have it on Netflix and really sort of start to fill out the Goop ecosystem with content that was reaching totally new demographics, much younger demographics, bringing them to the site. Um, And we've seen that people who've come through the show have, you know, really stayed with us and are, are really qualified readers and shoppers. So that's been amazing.
0: Wonderful. It was so good hearing the Goop voice come through. I'm excited for season two. Um listen, we have a lot of founders and influencers uh, listening to this. Um, and so what would your advice be to them if anyone's thinking about being on Netflix or being on one of the other streamers um, as a show of their own?
1: I mean, I I think it's, look, we, we obviously live in a world where the intersection of content and commerce is is key. And, you know, people have been talking about this for a long time and every brand makes content now. It's, it's how you... Find your tribe, you know? So it doesn't necessarily have to be a TV show on Netflix, but, you know, which of course is great or any other channel for that matter. But I I do think that all founders need to think about ways to organically reach a potential customer um, using values first, principles first, and when you get that kind of tribal feeling around what it is you're trying to put into the world, those people become proselytizers for you. They become cheerleaders for your brand. So content is, is a great way to do that. It's a great way to really resonate with that person. Um, And I would recommend kind of really any channel that you can, that you have at your disposal to explore and also to dream big, you know, like it doesn't hurt to call one of these streamers or a network and say, Hey, you know, we have an idea for something. And there's so many channels and so many platforms that, you know, people are looking for great content.
0: So true. I feel like a lot of brands these days are very reliant on Facebook. And so they're looking for other channels to diversify into. And if you can do a show and, uh, grow organically through that, then that's the way to do it.
1: Never again, Facebook. I I never, never, never buy a customer off Facebook again.
0: Well, fortunately, you have a huge number of customers who are just organically coming to uh, the website. So that's something that's very special for Goop. Um, Now, talking of um, Goop and uh, G-Label specifically, um, the apparel side of uh, Goop, Um, G Label did a campaign where you guys actually used your mother and your daughter. Uh, So I wondered if this was a conscious decision to target both older and also younger demographics.
1: You know, it was funny. We were in COVID times. We were all in our family pod on Long Island. And it really just was because we had no other choice. We had no no one to come model (laughs) the dress collection. Um, And so I asked them if if they would help me out and, um, and it was actually great. And it was, it was really, so it was a, a happy accident, you know, to sort of highlight the three generations. And, um, and we had used my, my mom very sweetly helped us with our goop jeans launch um, around skincare. So we had, I had consciously done that kind of multi-generational thing there. But when my daughter hopped in for, for the addresses, it was, it was very sweet. It was, but it was, it was not a, you know, very, well thought out strategy it just sort of happened by accident
0: well happy happy accident is how so many uh great things happen in this world so I love that and it's also very unique to these COVID times where you know we're all spending so much more time with family so yeah it really and, you know, I don't me. know about
1: anybody else who's you know listening but we just had to slash our marketing budget so it, it became about my husband with an iPhone, you know, do <laughs> that. So that was another, you know, interesting byproduct from this whole time.
0: I hope everybody listening takes that as a key action point. Everybody, get your partner to get an iPhone and start making content. Oh, it's as easy as that. True. <laughs> um, okay. So looking ahead, you know, 2021 and beyond, um, what does that look like for Goop? Share with us a little bit about your vision here.
1: You know, I'm, I'm not that bullish on just macroeconomically 2021 yet. I, I, I really encourage the team as we're, for example, creating the 2021 budget. Like, I, I think we're still in for a lot of instability and we're in for a lot of unknowns, um, and so i'm i'm just trying to make sure that when we're thinking about 2021 we're staying within like what does sustainable growth for us look like what are creative ways to grow what are ways to grow that kind of leverage what we already do from within our own channels as opposed to spending money to prospect and um i think out of that has come some really interest it's been a very creative exercise to kind of figure that out and um and so we're talking about, you know, thinking about ways to monetize content, which we never have. Um, we're thinking about ways to grow top-line revenue through the assortment, right? So what can we be creating from an assortment perspective that really creates that? I want to come back to Goop, you know, every day, every week, every month. Um, and and also with a couple of new... Um, a new enterprises that we're looking at, we're really, we're really, um, close to doing something in food, which again is, you know, within our wheelhouse and it's a very strong pillar for us. So, but, but again, like things that will not be intensive for us from a, from a capital expenditure standpoint, um, and really like getting as creative as possible to, to bring people into the grand, brand from, from within what we already do.
0: That's wonderful. Um, now, I've got a fun question for you. I always um, love human behavior. Um, and so getting an insight into uh, what somebody's day is like in a very candid way. Um, but wondered if you could share with us, like what a typical Gwyneth Paltrow day was like pre-COVID and also post-COVID?
1: Sure. Well, pre-COVID, it was pretty hectic. Um, there are a lot of things that I've, I hope we don't necessarily go back to, but you know, early alarm, Getting kids up, school, driving them to school, um, going straight to the gym, rushing to the office, you know, back to back to back, work dinner, this, that, the other thing. Um, I was, I had sort of in the previous year before COVID started to be more a little bit more mindful in terms of, you know, I think especially as women too, we we really overextend ourselves with a ton of over responsibility and. You know, we think we have to be everywhere for everyone at all times. So I'd already started making that shift a little bit and trying to be a little bit more cognizant of like what my thresholds were for running around. And um, post COVID, you know, I mean, this has been obviously a crazy and very, very difficult time in a lot of ways for a lot of people. But the silver lining for me is how much my life has slowed down and how quiet it's gotten. And I don't think I've set an alarm in months. I mean, my kids aren't in school, so I'm not driving them to school. You know, we're not, no going to the gym. It's like um, a lot of long family dinners, a lot of cooking. Um, I definitely have Zoom fatigue. And I think that, you know, for certain aspects of our business, it's really hard, especially the creative parts, to not be in a room together, Um, but I think, You know, it's kind of an amazing experiment how we all as human beings are adapting to this new temporary normal and interesting to think about what we'll take with us into the new normal when, you know, when there's a vaccine.
0: I love the fact you haven't set an alarm. Uh, I also have not set an alarm in a few months, but that's because I have a newborn, as you know, who wakes me up at the crack of dawn.
1: Yeah, you got a few more years of that. They don't start really sleeping in until they're about fourteen years old. So sorry about that. Oh my
0: gosh! <laughs> wow, fourteen years! Very excited about this, um, and definitely hear you on being more mindful. You know, I think I go to sleep every night listening to a calm sleep story. I try to uh, meditate with calm every day. So definitely hear you on uh, on that.
1: I've been meditating too. That's one thing that I've brought into my routine since COVID. Every morning. My husband and I get up and we meditate before we do anything else. And it's been really unbelievable. I mean, I always, of course, love the benefits of meditation, but it was always the first thing to go. I was like, oh, I don't have time this morning. And and now that we've made the time, I, I think it's critical. Like I would never want to go back to not doing it.
0: I love that. They say do the things that are most important to you first thing in the morning. So I'm glad you're prioritizing meditation. Yeah. <laughs> we have three minutes left. So we're going to oh, go wow. into a quick fire round. Okay, GP, what are you currently watching on Netflix other than Goop Lab?
1: Oh, I'm not watching on Netflix right now. I'm watching Undoing on HBO Max Ooh. and another show on HBO Max, which is called Patria. It's a Basque separatist Spanish drama variant to both of those.
0: Ooh, interesting. Okay, favorite person or brand you follow on Instagram?
1: Oh my goodness. I really like this one called... Um, Oh, it's, it's, it's like someone impersonating Wes Anderson. It's, I, I can't remember the name of it on Instagram. It's like pretending to be Wes Anderson or finding Wes Anderson. And it's as if Wes Anderson is posting on Instagram all these very cool inspirational shots of, of travel and all that kind of thing.
0: Okay, that I'm checking out of this. Good. Other than the Goop podcast, the best podcast you've listened to this year.
1: I'm very into Slow Burn. I just discovered it. I'm a little late to the party, Um, but I've started on season one, which is on Watergate and it's, I'm almost done with season one. It's so good. Um, I also really like murder podcasts, like Crime Junkie. And then like, you know, I really like the Harvard Business Review ideas cast as well. Those are my three top ones at the moment.
0: Great takeaways for everybody.
1: Um, What is the best advice you've ever received? Honestly, to thine own self, be true. Because if you're really true to yourself, really true to yourself, you're ruthlessly honest with yourself, that means you're in integrity. And if you're in integrity, you operate through the world in this unencumbered place where you can truly be who you are. And then amazing things, I think, come from that. I spent a lot of time not understanding that. And it wasn't until I was post 40 that I really got it. So, Yeah. That gives me
0: goosebumps. I've never heard you say that. And it's um, the advice my mother always uh, told me growing up. Um, So love that. So last question. It's always the holidays. Um, So what are the GP favorites, the must-buys from the Goop Gift
1: Guide? Oh, wow. Oh, my God. There's so many good things. Um, Wow. Well, there's there's a a set of... um, Pans that I that I really want. Um, The Goop jeans. I don't know if you've tried the Goop jeans face cream or body butter, but they're like totally other level. Anyone would be so happy with them because the the results are so good. Um, And the thing that I wanted to get for Brad was like a. It was on there. It was a, a vintage video game, but it sold out. There was only one, so I'll have to go back to the drawing board there.
0: Uh, okay, well, I feel like if anybody is listening, they should uh, let you know that, uh, that one. And there's definitely some amazing gifts for uh, people. So check out the Goop gift guide for anybody who's uh, missing that last minute Christmas present. GP, thank you. This was so much fun.
1: Thank you, Nikki. You're the best. So good to see you. Thank you for having me. Very honored to have been invited to, to come and talk. Of course. See you
0: soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more about these topics firsthand, or you want to let us know what you want to hear, be sure to check us out on any of our social media accounts or visit websummit.com. That's websummit.com.